Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Command Space. I am your host, Mike Hurley, and my guest today is Mr. John Mitchell. Hi, John. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. See, usually I would say from such and such, but you are relatively away from such and such. You don't have, yes. a, pl- you don't have a place right now. Oh, I do have a place. I'm building a new place. Building a new place. I like it. So you are John Mitchell. You were previously at Read Write Web, which is now mm-hmm. Read Write. Well enunciated. Thank you. I try my best. Um, it's I'm, like the hardest name anyone's ever had to say. Because I want to call it Weed White Web, um, right. which is obviously incorrect. So how long were you at Read Write for in total? Uh, about two years. I started in June of 2011, and that was back in the Read Write Web indie days, uh, and I was there until about a month ago. Right. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, especially in that world. I mean, people move around constantly in the tech blogging realm, and uh, I never did. I liked where I was. How did you find yourself in in that in the position to to start working with those guys? Um, in hindsight, it looks a lot more deliberate than it felt. Uh, but I was working in online news at a very small startup called News Trust. NewsTrust dot net. It's it's still up, um, but the founders have moved on, um, and that was a totally remote job. Um, and, it, and so I moved to Portland, kind of because that's where I wanted to be at the time. Uh, And Portland happened to be this sort of unofficial home of Read-Write-Web. It's founded in New Zealand, of course. Richard McManus is from New Zealand, and he was there uh, throughout. But uh, Marshall Kirkpatrick, one of the big uh, stars there, was in Portland, and Abraham Hyatt, the managing editor, was also there. Um, Some other writers were elsewhere in Oregon, and uh, one of our best hacker engineer guys was there, too. so I met them in person uh, and saw a job posting for a new writer um, and, you know, used that in-person advantage. And that's, that's how I ended up there. That's a pretty cool story. I mean, I guess most people just apply through, you know, sort of these forms and stuff online and, and things like that now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, uh, I had the advantage of being involved in journalism in general in Portland. So, you know, there was, I, I didn't, it wasn't as anonymous as, as so many of these remote team interactions are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think I had that going for me. So, um, how long ago did you, did you leave the read one, read, read, I, see, I'm struggling with it. <laughs> oh, believe me, I've been there. <laughs> I, I left, uh, in February, mid-February. That's, that's of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Of 2013. So what Sounds happened? Like the future. You were you were you know living the the blogger life, you know, yes. getting paid to write about the stuff you enjoy. I assume technology and, and apps, and mm-hmm. you were doing Google and Apple, right? Yep, I, I sort of worked my way up to the plum beats Google first, and then Apple. So um, what happened? What happened with? Well, I mean, it was it is the stuff that I enjoy. There's no question that I love technology and that I love the story, um, you know, especially the story of those two companies, but also the story, the story that every startup has a variation on a, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstrap story, change the world story. I love that part. Um, but that wasn't, that was increasingly not 
what I was getting to write about. More and more, I felt like what I had to cover was the news, the products, the numbers, the money, the details. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what, you know, drives the news cycle. Uh, I was given a lot of freedom to sort of write bigger picture stories there. Um, And that's why I stayed. I loved loved being able to do that. ReadWrite was always a pretty thoughtful place. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, traffic is the is the name of the game uh and the you know the the format just didn't work for me um i tried for a long time the reason i was there for so long was that i was trying to change the format of what we were doing trying to trying to expand the kinds of things we could cover and get away from some of the things that tech blogs feel like they have to cover um and i was unable to do that so i you know i i i waited really until i had a better idea I wasn't just going to rage quit, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, that then, then it, you know, I, I, I came up with an idea. I talked to a bunch of people and they all said, now's the time. Like if you don't do it now, you won't get to do it at all. So I decided to do it. So let's talk about that, that idea. Sure. So well, t- yeah. t- tell us what you, what, what, what are you looking to build now? So you're, you're going out on your own, building a website of your own. Something new to what you've you know it's not this you know, your personal blog you've you've got one of those mm-hmm. um, everything is ablaze dot com mm-hmm. that's your personal site right yep. so what what is the new thing the new site is called the daily portal uh, it's going to be a publication uh, it's about the future that we're making and what it's doing to us which is that bigger picture that I was talking about before um, so it's going to be about technology. It's also going to be about design. It's also going to be about science. Uh, it's about the intersection of all these things and art as well, and a little bit of maybe spirituality. We'll we'll work our way up to that. Um, <laughs> Ease people but, in. Yes, exactly. But but it's all about uh, why we get up in the morning and work on this stuff. So I'm co- probably going to be interviewing a lot of the same great sources that I talked to at ReadWrite, but instead of asking them you know, what are the features of version 3.2 of the iPhone app, I'm going to ask them what, why this matters to them. Um, but it's not just going to be about tech, like I said. There are, you know, all kinds of ways to approach, uh, you know, where we're going as a society and as an economy. Um, and I want to tie those all together. Okay. Um, in terms of what the site looks like, it's going to be, it's not, it sounds right now, I know, like a long form Site and that's not exactly the point. Um, it's going to be uh, a daily publication, so there's going to be posts going up all day. Um, but each day's posts are going to constitute an issue of the site. So when I'm out covering something, I'll be posting periodically, just like people are used to in reading a blog format. But at the end of the day, they'll have this sort of roundup of the things that I covered that day, um, and. So it'll 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 be in little pieces basically. It'll be easier to read, more attention conscious since we live in an attention economy now. So what on a daily basis, what what do we expect? Do we expect to see long articles, links, like what what sort of content are you going to be creating? It's going to be a mix. And so first of all, as far as what it's going to be about, you'll be able to see it in advance. Uh, I'm going to have instead of instead of an archive like people are used to uh, on blogs, I'm going to have a calendar page where if you go back in the calendar, you'll see the issue from each day uh, linked on the calendar. 
uh, and forward in the calendar, you'll see what 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 stories are coming up. Um, and so you'll see those stories on the in the back um, links too, so that you'll see like issue thirty five. I was at you know uh, Google headquarters that day, mm-hmm. um, so you'll know I want to read that issue. Um, so you you find like what story is interesting to you that way, um, and on the front page is the current issue, uh, and each issue is going to be a mix of let's say one to seven posts. Um, some of which will be text, many of which will probably be text, some of which will be photo galleries, some will be audio clips, and some will be video. Um, and it's basically, I'm going to use whatever format is best suited to the, the thing I want to share. So if it's something that I really have to explain, I'll write about it, of course. But if I'm having a conversation with some brilliant person, uh, I'm probably going to want to record audio and just, you know, clip a couple minutes of really good stuff. Um, and, and since it's packaged up into an issue, you'll sort of be able to pick and choose. Um, and that's, that's the idea. That's why I want to format it that way. Sounds cool. So why, why do you want to create something like this, like something different and not just like a standard like link blog or just like a regular web blog? Like why do you want to create something that has this different format like this, you know, you intended to take a day's um, publications and read them all at the same time? Like what, what is it that intrigues you about this, this new sort of format idea you've got? Well, part of it is the stories that I want to tell. I think that um, the, the things that I want to cover are going to be better covered in progress. It's going to take a few days to report. And I'm frustrated by the slowness of the sort of old school reporting model where I would take three days, take notes, you know, take a bunch of pictures, pile it all up, and then, you know, spend many hours writing a summary of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's going to be more interesting to sort of put up a little piece at a time, get some feedback from readers, see what works and what doesn't. Um, and, and also it'll be more immediate to just be like, Hey, I'm here right now. This is what I'm doing right now. Not, this is what I did all week last week. Um, but there's more to it than that. I, th- I think that this is a format that's friendlier to the reader in this day and age. Um, and I think, and I mean that, uh, as a sort of business proposition as well as just a human one. Um, I don't think that endless rivers of, you know, uh, headline based blog posts that are, you know, meant to grab people's attention over and over again all day. I don't think that's a good experience. And I also don't think it's going to be a good business for much longer. Um, I'm, I'm much more interested, rather like I'm, I'm more interested in what companies like pocket are doing, uh, and like what that site by mule design evening edition is doing. Um, than I am by the model of publishing that I was working in before. Mm-hmm. I think that people realize that uh, the, those people, the people that I'm interested in, realize that people have a limited amount of time. Uh, they come across stuff they want to see or read or you know listen to all day long, um, and they want to say they want to mark that for for when they've got time to pay attention to it and then come back to it. So by publishing an issue at the end of the day. Um, Everybody knows that they can just check the site, save the issue, and you know pick it up on their iPad later. Uh, and that's, I think, going to be the way things go from now on. Now that everybody's got the flexibility to and the devices that they you know that they need to be able to read and 
listen and watch at their leisure. I think that we need to be supporting that as publishers. So how do you expect people to consume the Daily Portal? Well, I would love for them to do it on the site, uh, which is the design process is finished. We're in front-end development right now, so it's going to be pretty soon. Um, and it's going to be beautiful. And I'm really, I put extra effort into the reading experience because, you know, I'm a writer. I want my articles to be awesome to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but the site isn't going to be ad-supported, so it really doesn't matter to me where they find it. Um, and if, if what they want to do is save the issue to pocket so that what they get in their pocket is, is today's issue with five or six links and a little summary that they can then click through and read from, that sounds great to me. Um, I, but, I, but I really mean it when I say that wherever they find it um, is, is, is where I want them to read it. You just said that you're not going to be supporting the site by advertising. Yep. So how are you going to make any money? Like how are you going to eat? Well, I'm here's here's okay, so here's the big reveal. Okay. Um what I'm going to do is I'm going to plan seasons of coverage. That is what the calendar page is going to show. This season, it's, you know, 2 months long, let's say. Um and I'm going to plan a bunch of episodes for that season right. that will be on the calendar. So, uh, you know, one weekend I'll be at my friend Ben's physics lab in Toronto talking about lasers. And then another weekend I'll be, you know, uh, at, or, or, you know, one day during the week I'll be, you know, shadowing, you know, Mike Montero at Mule Design and watching him yell at people. And uh, another night I'll be, you know, at some gathering of futurists in San Francisco uh, all of this will be on the calendar and it will all be planned in advance. So what I do is I make a Kickstarter video for the season and say, do you want to go on this adventure? Wow. Let's, let's do it. So that at least is the plan for the first season and we'll see how it goes. Um, but I'm not building this to be sustainable. Everybody's talking about sustainability in their startups these days. I think it's foolish to plan for for sustainability, assuming that you know the status quo is going to stay the same forever. I want to build something that I've always wanted to do, and build it so that if it starts to come apart, I can just take it apart and go on and do the next thing. So by planning short term things and raising reasonable amounts of money for uh, you know one concrete product, a season of coverage. Um, I feel like I can I can sort of maneuver more. I can see what works, and I can try and fail a little bit. And uh, hopefully, uh, people will be interested to, to go on this adventure. And then, of course, what I get at the end is I can package up all the posts, and I've got this this great story arc mm-hmm. of you know two months of stuff. And you know, ideally, uh, that could be you know I, I'm I'm thinking like if it goes really well, I would love to you know get some really nice art and put, make it into, a, into an ebook that's something uh, more interactive and exciting than what goes up on the site. So Kickstarter, that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing to do. Like that's a, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting risk to take. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, but I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a success. I have no doubt in that, but what, you know, so you, how long will the season last for? So you're going to be putting the first season up, I guess, for backing on Kickstarter. How long? You know, so you're going to say to people, 
help help me create this. And I'm sure, you know, don't give all the game away, but I'm sure that you've got perks and stuff for people, as is the, mm-hmm. the standard with Kickstarter. Um, yep. What I've, got, I've actually got two questions for you now. So, sure. one, how long is the season going to last? And two, why do Kickstarter and not something like a paywall or something like that? Well, I'm thinking that the first season will be two months. Um, and this is based on the episodes that I've come up with. And so really that's the stuff that I'm not going to talk about just yet because yeah, I have to make sure it all, it all comes through. But, I, but uh, I've, I've been, uh, I, have, I have this email list for people who really want to be engaged and, and hear about what's going on early in the process. And anyone can join that if they're interested, by the way. Um, but in those messages, I've, I've asked people what sort of things they want to see covered and they've given, given me some really awesome suggestions. So, uh, putting, combining those with the things that I'd already come up with, uh, it's, it's looking like about two months of stuff. Um, and you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. If, if seasons need to be shorter, they can be shorter. If they need to be longer, they can be longer. And I'm also going to, I'm going to do stuff in the off season, as it were, when I put the site up, I'm going to be writing and I'm going to just be doing it uh, a sort of one-off thing, seeing how much traffic I can get, seeing how much attention I can sure. get um, without the pressure of, of actually doing a season. Um, and once, once it's good and ready uh, and once people are paying attention, then, then I'll launch the first season and that'll be for a couple months of stuff. Um, as to why to crowdfund it instead of just charge for content, well, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do some kind of uh, membership or subscription um, but I don't feel the need to do it yet. I want to yeah. see um, what kind what kind of interest a campaign uh, can generate, um, and I feel like this is uh, a pretty ideal Kickstarter. I mean, Kickstarter was sort of initially conceived for art projects, for films, and for things like that. And I see this season uh, of coverage as a sort of similar piece of work. Um, so, to me, if people are willing to back it in a big, exciting campaign um, up front, they'll, it, it'll, it'll be an indication that, that people want to see it, that people want this stuff. Um, and uh, it ta- it's, it's, it's less pressure that way. If it's funded up front, then I can just give the people what they want and I don't have to worry about you know trolling for page views uh, sure. in order to sustain interest. I, I know what I'm going to go do and then I can just go do it. There's obviously an inherent amount of freedom that you get given by being paid directly by people to do content. Mm-hmm. Because you see, you don't have to chase for a story or for exclusives. We'll talk about those in a bit. But I find that very a very interesting. And actually, you know, listening to you talk about it, and it's clearly clear you thought it all through, um, I find the, the concept to be very intriguing and new as well. Cool. I, I can't think of, I can't think of anyone that's one run a site that focuses so heavily on a calendar, you know, for history mm-hmm. and for the future. That seems like a very interesting, and and new and sort of novel concept. But the idea of kickstarting a series of writing that appears on the web is very, I, I can't. I'm sure you know someone's done something like that, but I can't think of anything. Um, it's it, you know, especially these days, Kickstarter seems more about manufacturing but they mm-hmm. i think they're it's kind true. of trying to stop that a bit aren't they really it, it would seem because mm-hmm. they're worried about you know these projects that have these huge delays and that looks really bad for kickstarter yeah like i said i mean 
my understanding is that it was initially conceived as a uh, as a way for indie filmmakers to to raise money for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the the hardware stuff um, seemed like an obvious use case, but then it caused all these problems that they didn't foresee because that wasn't what they planned for. No. You know, of of you know d- endless delays and things that never show up. Um, but I mean, I think the main point is that crowdfunding is just the future, and the and, and crowd crowdfunding is how you raise money for something uh, from people with whom you have a relationship and with whom the transaction is actually two-way. You both have expectations of each other. And that's really what I want. Uh, there have been crowdfunded journalism projects before, but they, they've all been too ambitious. I, I think that asking people to act like crowdfunding the, a, for a staff to run a publication uh, for a long time is, is a pretty vague thing to ask for. Um, this is a much more constrained and easily understood idea. I think that like it's, it's, it's here. It's, I can explain in my own language, like here's what I want to go do and I, I need your help to do it. And you know, it's going to last this long and then we're going to get all of this. It seems like a pretty, a much clearer thing to ask for. Plus I can't imagine that you on your own, as opposed to a a staff of people, you're not going to be asking for an absolute boatload of cash. No, yeah. Certainly not, and and also, um, I I I don't feel the need to turn the daily portal into like a, a business, as it were. I, I want it to support me. I want to be able to do it. Um, but I but if if all I can do is do this for a little while, and that's enough to sort of go on to the next thing to like team up with more people or you know uh, start another publication with a bigger uh, goal as a business. That's great. I just want—I want to see if uh, this very lean experiment can be done, and I also want to see if this format is interesting. If it, there, there's actually a lot of me that that wants to just sort of beta test this this blogging technology and see how that works out, um, because I don't think that uh, blogging, in terms of you know a chronological river of posts, uh, is that great of a solution anymore. So I'm interested to just try this format out and see how people respond to that, and who knows what kinds of opportunities will come out of that. So are you, are you creating something custom? Yeah, we are, uh, and I'd love to sort of briefly explain what it is. Please do. No, I'd love to hear it. Uh, well, we we thought first. I first I thought this was just going to be a WordPress site, um, and I was talked out of that. Uh, then I was talked out of it by friends of mine who are. Uh, kind of geeks for static blogging engines, you know, like uh, where you just write a text file and save it in a folder and it syncs up to a, uh, as a static site rather than a, as a dynamically generated one. Yeah. Um, when I explained to them this format with the issues and things um, rather than just a normal blog, um, they realized that th- that the pieces of what currently exists uh, for that uh, are not are not enough. So we needed to write a new one. Uh, I've got friends helping me. I've, I'm not technically capable of doing this myself, but I've got really good friends at the table now um, who are helping me build this issue-based publishing tool, and we're going to call it Portal Press, and we're going <laughs> to open source it. Oh, nice. We're going to open source it, and I'm going to host it on the site, and I'm going to evangelize for it. And we're going to have a very basic theme uh, that comes with it. The site that I'm building is, is pretty heavily designed and I got, I can't wait to show it to everyone, but, 
but the the basic portal press installation is going to have you know enough to do this format out of the box uh and i really want to see uh if people adopt it and how they use it um because it's not it's not a blog it's a publication it's a publication that one person can run and i want to see what pe- what people come up with and and the most exciting thing to me about it is with this software uh, freely available and open source for people. I imagine there will come a day when uh, a reader of the Daily Portal pushes an update to Portal Press that I incorporate into the site. Yeah, sure. And that sounds like a very new and exciting thing that I can't think of a precedent for. Man, this sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm really. I can tell. To it. I can. I can tell how excited you are as well. Like yeah. when you're explaining it, I can feel the excitement. And I think that's going to go a long way to helping you make a success out of it, in all honesty. Cool. Because that's, you know, that's what works, right? When people are really passionate about something, that's, that's what gets them to the places that they want to go. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm doing this. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about this, but like I had that for tech blogging and I lost it. So now I'm going to get it again. Yeah, so let's 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 move on to that sort of stuff, and I'm sure we'll sure. We'll, we'll keep peppering um, the daily portal in and out of the discussion. But before cool. we before we do that, I just want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, which is the fine folks over at Squarespace.com. Now, not everybody has the ability to build their own system, like Mister Mister Mitchell does over here. But if you have something that you want to say, you've got a blog that you want to create, you've got a website that you want to make, Squarespace can give you all of the tools that you need to get it online, and they do it in a very fantastic, beautiful, and very simple way. Squarespace give you all of the tools you need, everything, to create a blog, a website, business site, or a portfolio if you're an artist. It doesn't matter if you have no experience when it comes to building websites. You can put something online in just minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, development, integration with social services. You don't need to worry about finding a designer. None of that because they give you all of these fantastic options. So Squarespace have beautiful templates. They're very clean, very simple. They all feature responsive web design and they look fantastic. You can make very simple changes. You can make changes to them in a very simple way. So if you want to change colors, fonts, um, you want to change, you know, the way that such and such thing looks here and there. You, all you need to do is go into their WYSIWYG design editor, click things and make changes, and it happens live on the site. Um, and then you can push them all. So you see it happen on the web in front of you. And then if you're happy, you just click save, and then the rest of the world will see the changes that you've made. Squarespace's page building system, Layout Engine, allows you to create custom layouts for your pages in seconds. You add blocks and types of content very easily by dragging and dropping them in. And this can be stuff like photos, videos, social media stuff, and loads more. If you like stats, they have real-time analytics that are built right into Squarespace, and they have iOS and Android apps that let you manage your site on the go. If you have a blog elsewhere, they also have a blog importer, so you can very easily um, move your existing content over. And with Squarespace Commerce, it's never been easier to start selling things online, so as well as all the other things that you can create on Squarespace, you can also create a web store. If you have physical or digital goods, they give you the tools that you need to start selling immediately. They've integrated Stripe, the the billing system, the payment system, right into Squarespace. They have inventory management, order processing, you can create custom emails, host digital files that can be served to your customers all within Squarespace. I want you to go and find out more and try out a free trial of Squarespace by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. 
And then Squarespace plans start at $10 a month for their standard plan. If you sign up for any of their plans up front, you'll get 20% off the price if you pay for one year. If you sign up for two years, you'll get 25% off that price. And use the code 70 decibels free, the number free, at checkout, and you'll get an additional 10% off your first order. So that'll be on top of any annual saving, or you'll get 10% off your first month if you want to pay month to month. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. So let's talk about something um, something in, very interesting and, and very different. So there is a Twitter account that exists. There is. there is a Twitter account that exists on the internet called Next Tech Blog. Um, it's a picture of Steve Pete Cashmore. Pete Cashmore. Yeah, Cashmore. It's his face, <laughs> and it's been around for a while. And basically, Next Tech Blog kind of is a a satirical look at the technology blogging industry. I think it's a fair way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Twitter bio, fake headlines from the bleeding edge of asymmetric disruption in a technology space. Lots and lots of hashtags in there. <laughs> this account um, appeared online how long ago, John? Oh, it was in October of 2011, I think. It took a long time for people to find it. But when they found it, they sure found it. And then it kind of blew up. And it's one of those accounts that it has 3,000 followers, but everybody you know follows it. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the kind of way that I think of it because everybody talks about it. So in our corner of the internet, it is a, a very well-known account um, in both infamy and in for it being famous as well. It is both famous and infamous, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then... So nobody knew who operated Next Tech Blog, and this went on for a while. And you will see, you know, that it will. Let's see what we've got here. Um, two hours ago, ready to hear about made-up Apple televisions again? Yeah, is one thing. <laughs> and it basically is an account that follows whatever the most recent trend or set of headlines or um, thing that is absolutely rocking the technology world, and it looks at it in a satirical way. And then a couple of months ago, there started to be some sort of like witch hunt to find who was operating this account and then it came down and people found out or you admitted to it being you mr mitchell well let me tell the story about what happened that day i would love to know it was it was out of the same like just utter frustration that i that i came out as next tech blog the same frustration that caused me to start the account and caused causes me to tweet everything that i post there uh, is, is what caused me to out myself uh, because the same inner circle uh, circle jerk of tech bloggers uh, that was desperate to find out who it was kept accusing each other of being the author of the account. Yes, and there were pe- and people were writing blog posts claiming to have evidence, and honestly, it really wouldn't have been that difficult to f- scroll to the beginning of its following list and, and see, see that I was like one of the first two or three people <laughs> following the account. Uh, but no one bothered to do that. They just wanted it to be their friend. You know, they wanted their friend from, you know, whatever other trendy site to be running the account. Um, and I was just so tired of seeing this stuff. I was so tired of seeing people not working because they were busy speculating about this. Um, that, and, 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 and what, what I saw on that day when all these people were talking about it um, was that this was it peaking. I was like pretty sure that it was never going to be a bigger deal than it was right then. Uh, so what I did was I admitted to Matt Honan, 
uh, now at Wired, who has been uh, a great mentor to me, uh, that it was me. Uh, he freaked out about it. And I said, I want to make some ridiculous uh, display of coming out as Next Tech Blog. Uh, he was about to host and ask me anything on Reddit. And he said, do you want me to, do you want me to reveal the secret there? Uh, so I said, of course, and we set up the proof and he, he outed me there. Um, and it was a hilarious day, um, because people didn't believe me. People all simultaneously came out saying they were next tech blog. Uh, and, and it became this, this, like this giant, like we are all next tech blog moment where, where, where the absurdity of, of, you know, page view driven tech blogging, uh, just became a joke that we could all laugh at together. Uh, and I, and I kept doing it and it, it maintained every bit of, you know, impact that it had before. And I kind of love it being public knowledge now, but a lot of people still don't know if you Google who is next tech blog, there's an article about it, but like, uh, it's still working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Because I remember there was like this insane for a few days it was like there were real articles like um just people saying we know it's this person because their tweets are a couple of minutes apart um <laughs> and it was just going on and on and on and then i feel like i didn't know it was you after that for a long time because i guess i saw you saying it like I saw everybody else saying, <laughs> right, saying right. it, you know, because then it did become like an I am Spartacus type moment. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, then people would, everybody all over the place was owning up. So maybe I just thought that it was you at the time, which so it's, it's very, it was a very amusing story to, to watch unfold. And now the dust has, it, it took the dust to settle for me to realize that it was actually you. Isn't it funny how uh, a, a giant army of journalists was unable to, properly suss out the truth on this question because why that's sort of the whole joke yeah. that that went i mean like when when this guy from beta beat wrote about my announcement it was all it was like a blog you know typical tech blog post of like john mitchell claims he's next next tech blog uh you know here's the circumstantial evidence decide for yourself and never never bothered to contact me never bothered to email me and that was just the biggest joke in the world to me because that's the whole the whole, like the whole argument about whether tech bloggers are journalists or not, to me, it's a silly argument. It all comes down to the to the question of like whether you actually report or not. So the fact that he wrote this article without, you know, asking the source for comment uh, just epitomized the whole thing for me. Uh, so I tweeted like tech blogger publishes article without uh, contacting a source for comment as a next tech blog headline and linked to it. And that was what got him to sort of, you know, with egg on his face, email me and ask me, you know, is it really you? And I was like, uh, yes, it's really me. <laughs> I love that. Awesome. So you came out as, as, as Next Tech Blog. Has it opened any doors or created any potential opportunities for you? Because, I mean, it's, De- it's well yeah. followed in the, in the industry. Yeah, it definitely has. You know, it's really funny. I was not thinking about it that way uh, really ever i it was it was a totally cathartic thing i was not like people people who did know because read write people knew and a few other people knew um 
when they would ask me, are you going to do a Tumblr? Are you going to do a site? Why don't you, why don't you write actual articles? You could be the onion of tech news. And my reaction would be this, the, the last thing I want is more work right now. The, 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 the reason I'm doing this is for catharsis. I'm re I'm buried in these stories all day and I just need to express what's ridiculous about them. And the headlines epitomize what's ridiculous about it. So I, the point is that it's just headlines and that's all that it is. I'm just venting. Um, but so many of the you know most important people in the tech news world followed it, and so then the the DM the the direct message conversation from Next Tech Blog to all these people uh, became my only line of communication to a lot of them. Uh, and for a while, with most of them, I would continue to type in all title case like capitalize <laughs> every word, even in DM, yeah. so they wouldn't know who I was. Uh, and I established some pretty cool connections with some of these people that now, now that I'm out, uh, has been a a means of introduction for me. Um, and I also, I think I just, I gained, uh, I I became more interesting, uh, to some people who, who were sort of maybe kind of paying attention, but when they realized that this, that I had this sort of, you know, sardonic side, uh, they started, you know, being more interested, but yeah, it definitely has. I mean, I wouldn't say anything concrete has come out of it yet. Um, but certainly connections with really important, uh, mentors started off as, you know, people wondering who next tech blog was. You're always, I mean, I, I, whenever I see next tech blog, you know, whenever I see the tweets coming out, it, it seems like they're always straight to the point. Like, like you are right there at the moment where such and such story breaks tweeting it is it like the first thing you do you see breaking news think of something and you go straight to next section and get out <laughs> yes yes absolutely because that's quite I, part of it isn't it that's part of the joke i guess yes yes in fact that i think that became that was more important to me when i was really like tech blogging and had to be first all the time uh that that became the joke probably the, that that was the most important part because because the thing that was so absurd to me was 12 sites are all posting the exact same thing at the exact same time. And they're all coming out on Twitter at the same time. And people who really follow this stuff, mostly journalists, uh, are getting all of these headlines at once. So it was important to me to be in the mix of those headlines with the joke. Um, And since so many of these blog posts are snap reactions to what's happening, uh, it, it, it just fits right in to be, to, to react to the reaction uh, with some kind of joke. It also is clearly a demonstration of my uh, Twitter addiction uh, that I'm able to to hit these things so fast, and I would someday like to not be as plugged in. But you know, when I'm there and I see it happening, I might as well chime in, right? I mean, you could have cashed in on this, right? You could have been the next bleep. My dad says, you know, you could have written a book <laughs> out of it. I mean, I don't know if you are, but there there are a bunch of things that you could have done. I thought about it. I did think about it, but I don't think I, I don't think that that satire is really where I want to put my energy, you know, and also, um, thinking about tech news all the time. I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to focus on it because honestly, I mean, let's, well, let's be really honest about this. The reason I started this account was because I didn't like the stuff. Uh, I, I did, I did take pretty seriously the idea that we could have done some, next tech blog site uh, at read write and we talked about it dan lyons 
who was the editor of editor in chief at Read Write for a while. Uh, as many of your listeners are probably are aware, was a fake Steve Jobs on the internet for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he came in at Read Write <laughs> in our I'm first conversation, <laughs> he, he was pretty he was pretty stoked about the fact <laughs> that I that I was running a fake tech blog account. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. But but you know, we had other priorities. Yeah, yeah, he's moved on now, right? Yeah, he has. He's a strange fellow. I mean, I don't really know him, but. He just seems to, yeah. He he just seems peculiar to me. He he is he has a he has a dark side. No, oh. that way. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to you know. I mean, yeah, I yeah. I had a really great time working with him. Uh, but the whole episode was strange. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not pointing at him for the reason it was strange. It's just like that whole era of read write was got, just got too weird for me and for him apparently. I mean, you know, you don't have to comment but i think the read white read right oh man it's there's just been some strange stuff coming out of there recently like i know that i remember when when you were there and there were these like weird articles about apple uh, oh that's fun what was that about oh man well uh that was actually before dan lyons yeah um, but 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 you know the same the same imperatives were were there um and a guy that I've I've already written pretty publicly about what happened, so I'm comfortable sort of sharing the details. Um, but ba- basically, a guy who who freelanced uh, for and and had a relationship with with the guy who was doing the sort of more enterprise editing at the time uh, wrote a post about the Retina MacBook Pro about it being uh, a, a ridiculous product, um, and it was just a it was it was not. A good post. I'll just be perfectly straight about that. It was it, it it was one. It was the typical. It was the it was probably the the read write post that I made fun of the hardest on Next Tech Blog, uh, because it was the typical. I don't like this, therefore it is universally bad kind of tech blog post. You know, like when yeah. when some the the weirdest thing about tech blogging to me is is that everyone in it is a, is a super hyper edge case about everything. That's why they're in it. They they have like five phones and they have every app for each platform on all their phones and they are constantly plugged in and they're checking four social networks at once. And when something doesn't work for someone like that, you know, that doesn't mean anything about whether or not it's going to be broadly useful. Um, but but they're still, you know, paid to write uh, their own personal view about this stuff. So anyway, he he thought that the Retina MacBook Pro was an inherently bad idea because he didn't understand the use for it, and the the Apple blogging world exploded with rage, uh, as it does. Um, John Gruber linked to it. Mark Armand linked to it, um, and I felt dragged into it. I, I, as as was often the case, I I was the most publicly visible like Twitter person from read, write. And I ended up getting dragged into it. Yeah. So I, I had, to, I felt important. I felt like it was important for me to say, I don't agree with anything in this post. Uh, and you know, there was this weird exchange with Marco Armin on Twitter where he said, if you really don't stand by it, you should quit your job. And like, th- th- it just became so dramatic and it was so absurd. You All set it. yourself on fire and run around. Exactly. So, what I did instead was I came, this was a Friday afternoon, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the, it raged all weekend. And then I came in on Monday and I wrote a counterpoint to it that I felt really good about. 
uh, I, I interviewed Cable and Nevin from Panic Software about the history of uh, high DPI Mac software and like, you know, really sort of stuck it to them. Um, but really my ultimate takeaway was the internet is insane. Like, why does everyone care so much about this? Uh, and it's good to have a publication uh, that's a diversity of opinions and voices where you can disagree with people uh, on your team. I think that's healthy. Um, so that's why I, st- I, I stuck around through the weirdness because I enjoyed that sort of debate. Um, it really wasn't that kind of stuff that drove me out. So let's talk about let's talk about tech tech press sure. blogging. So I am going to assume that you want to get away from the exclusive and yeah. being first and stuff like that, right? Because that's got to be. I mean, every every tech blogger that I talk to, I ask this question, and you know, I get varying answers, but it seems that nobody really wants to have to rush like this. Mm-hmm. Well, the you, I think you've pointed at two different kinds of things. Exclusives are one thing. Uh, first is another. Uh, first, the, the, the problem with exclusive is that lots of people use it when it isn't true. Mm-hmm. You know, when, the, when, when they're writing about, when they're the first people to write about some publicly available bit of information, they still will put the word exclusive on it. That, and this is all page view driving stuff. Like, I think uh, exclusive, well, I mean, you shouldn't have to say this is exclusive. You should just not be writing the same story that 12 other sites are writing. And that sh- it shouldn't be a mark of pride that you're not just piling on. I think that should be sort of expected. So with what I want to do now, uh, I f- everything's going to be exclusive because I'm coming up with my own stories instead of just rewriting press releases. Yeah. But uh, as I mean, not that I did that very much at ReadWrite either, but you know, the, you still had to cover the same news. Like if it was the the big story in tech that day, everyone had to write about it. So I want to get away from that. But it's the first thing that really bothered me, and that is uh, it's a problem with news. It's not just a tech news problem. Um, it's a problem with, cert- with you know, having to publish news uh, online in general. Like, if you're not first, you're last. Um, and I think that's crazy. I think that, it, that it's stressful. I think that it, and I think that it is a disservice to the readers, most importantly, because uh, people get things wrong. People don't like, like like when they post about next tech blog and don't ask the guy who's claiming to be next tech blog if it's him. Like that kind of thing happens for for stories that actually matter all the time. So so many people in you know internal PR and tech like spend their time calling journalists to say uh, you should have called us because here's the deal, which is backwards. Um, but it's because everybody's stressed for time because everybody wants to be first all the time. Um, and people who really live for the news, like that's great. If they if that heart pounding feeling is what gets them going, good. Um, but to me, the news isn't interesting. The news the news is a commodity. The news is on Twitter. The news is people sifting through it all together. Um, one blog post about the news rarely makes that big of a difference unless they actually did the reporting. Um, and even then, it's just a contribution to an ongoing story that lots of people are contributing to. So. I'm trying to get away from first by getting away from news in general and writing about the reaction to the news and writing about the meaning of the news and writing about things that are not just going to matter today. Um, and that doesn't drive traffic. And that's the problem with 
with block pro blogging right now. So what about, so you're, you're looking at, at creating kind of a, I assume a single, single voice, single write, writer blog. Do you think that these sorts of sites, you know, people like Gruber and Marco and Sean Blanc and, and, and you know, Stephen Hackett and all these guys, is there a place for these sorts of blogs and larger publications? Like, can they operate in the same space or do they have to occupy separate ones, do you feel? I, I think that they often do better work than the large publications, uh, except yeah, for the I very agree. large publications. Um, but the very large publications, I'm talking about newspapers and, uh, you know, uh, even even television news sites that have blogs um, and magazines. A lot, a lot of them are taking sort of bloggers in residence. Uh, and I think that that's a goal for a lot of people who are sort of covering their individual beat the way that I'm planning to do it and the way that those guys that you mentioned are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of have another vision, um, which they already exemplify. I mean, I think it already exists. Certainly in the Apple blogging world, uh, there are lots of great writers writing their own sites uh, and, and making a go of it. And I think that the vision that I have is just a bigger, uh, more, more topically diverse version of the same thing um, where you sort of become a meta publication by sharing your audiences with each other and people, you know, that's what link blogs are for, um, you know, for, for show for, you know, for the things that you're not writing yourself, you're pointing to the things that you read that you thought were interesting. I'm going to do some of that. It's not going to be, uh, you know, daring fireball style, uh, just one sentence things, but it's going to, I'm, I'm going to probably have read a few things that I want to link to and make a point about and, you know, post like that. Um, but I really think that there, especially with sites like those that you mentioned that, you know, lots of people listening are probably familiar with, um, there's a huge overlap and everyone benefits from the overlap. It's not a zero sum game when the, when you're publishing about something that a lot of people are interested in, they want to read more. They want to hear more. Podcasting totally has the same. I mean, you and Dan are living examples of the fact that like, uh, more is better when people are really interested. Um, so I think that indie bloggers, I really sort of think the future is bright for indie blogging. Um, and it's not um, because it, it's, not, it's not necessarily in relationship to bigger publications. It's in relationship to each other, linking to each other and sharing their audiences with each other. You're right that I want to do a solo blog, but I also definitely plan to have guest posts on the site. And I think that'll be really fun. I think that's a really great way to introduce your readers to someone that they haven't read um, or give people who really like this person a new venue to read them in that's exciting for people um and so that's what i want to encourage and that's what i want to see more of sounds really exciting so mr mitchell yes sir tell people where they can go to find out more and to keep track with you and to be ready for when the daily portal is is launching well as of the middle of the night last night the dailyportal.com now has an ominous launch page. A sexy can, launch page, I think you'll yes, find is the, right, is the right word. That adjective also applies. Um, and it has uh, the means to follow The Daily Portal on app.net, on Twitter, and on Facebook, um, which will clue you in to when things go up pretty soon. Um, you can also follow me on everything, <laughs> including <laughs> and uh, especially Twitter and app.net, at ablaze. 
Um, and that's probably enough. Uh, and if you're watching there, you'll find out very soon when the Daily Portal is open. So keep watching the skies, as it were. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining me today, buddy. It's been, it's Thanks been so much really for having me, Mike. To you. I, I look forward to having you back. Cool. That, I look forward to it, too. That will definitely happen. You can find me on, on Twitter. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Command Space. And until next time, bye-bye.